My name is Thomas Malchow. I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. I've worked with hundreds of Olympic and professional athletes. I can help you become better at golf. What's up, guys? My name is Thomas Malchow, and welcome to the Train Fully podcast, where we'll dive deep into golf fitness, meeting with professionals, experts, and amateurs from around the world to help you gain an edge in your game. To learn more about Train Fully and our innovative at-home program, go to trainfully.com. Use promo code GOLF10 for a 10% discount. Today's episode is about performance. David Horlander will join us on the show. He's going to talk about how he went from severe low back pain and not being able to use his right leg to a five handicap. What I want you to learn from this episode is how to increase your capacity so that you can improve your performance and play more golf. All right. So joining us today, David Horlander. David, how are you doing? Great, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. I know you and Brian uh, have known each other for quite some time. Um, can you explain or describe your journey into golf and how you met Brian? Yeah. Uh, well, um, it was uh, November going to December 2013. Uh, I decided to take up the game of golf and um, you know, kind of how I've approached things through life. I immediately sought out instruction. Um, I had a sports background, baseball, football, basketball. Um, so there was some athleticism there, but um, the few times that I either went to a corporate scramble or, or so, or went to a driver range to hit a ball, uh, it was a bit frustrating. And I learned that um, if I was going to take up the game seriously, I needed to seek out instruction. So um, uh, Brian was an instructor in, in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. And, um, and I reached out to him and, and started working with him. And uh, from there we worked uh, once a week for, well, Brian, you were there for almost what, 16 months. And, yeah. um, and then I would sh show up at the center, uh, sometimes five, sometimes seven days a week, depending on the weather and, uh, and practice, you know, 30 minutes to a couple hours at a time. Was he a good student, Brian? Uh, he was uh, by far one of my best. He was he's one of the students who not only listened um, to what he was looking for because he was adamant about learning, um, but he was one who would have put up with my style of teaching. He let me actually teach the way I like to teach. Uh, and, and part of that is uh, we've talked about earlier. I, I like to teach without a ball. I like to teach how the body actually moves in the golf swing. Um, and David was one of the better guys at actually, you know, practicing his body motions in the monitor uh, to the extreme. I, and you, you were talking about earlier, David, I, I'd like to hear your explanation of it better than me trying to explain it. Well, in terms of what? Just how you felt about, you know, sitting in front of a monitor and just weeks on end without ever touching a golf ball. Well, first, first, I, 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 I dubbed it Tai Chi golf because the, 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 the motions itself were, were painfully slow. And uh, I think you all talked about in episode two of, of, of almost 30 second swings. That was it. And it was taking the ball away. And we would start from, you know, the address position with P1 and then sometimes just stopping at P3 up to P4 to the, you know, the, the, the top of the backswing. And um, every swing was recorded. 
And then I would take it back to address. I would, I would then go and, 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 and watch the video. And then I would go and, and address and start again. And at first I was, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I mean, this is the craziest thing I have ever heard. I mean, this is, this is not golf, but, but at the end it was, it was probably the most genius, you know, experience that I've ever been a part in because um, it just, it set up each step from, from working with Brian just on a dress and, and just alignment walking into the shot and then and then the, the first okay let's talk you know 16 inches back and then stopping and then then all the way up to the p port the backswing that slow motion and those little increments week after week after week um literally set the foundation of, of you know from where i at in the game so um, and you were videotaping this as well so you were getting that feedback Correct. I, were you watching the video too, Brian, and giving him specific things to take a look at and try to change? Yeah, so I would go and set up his practice sessions, but I would go in there in between practice sessions if I was going in between lessons or working with other people. And, you know, we would talk about what's going on and getting the feel. So not only just getting the video feedback, but getting that verbal feedback um, as well. Oh, Brian froze. Well, that's like one of the things that I, with sports psychology is really important. You need to have a clear intent in your movement if you want to create a, a motor pattern. And this is something I'm going to talk about in a future episode. But if you just have generalized goals, like you just want to hit the ball well, you're not going to have a clear motor pattern. Your brain's not going to create a clear motor pattern to accomplish a generalized goal. So having a specific area of the swing to work on with specific or direct feedback like video is going to help you develop that specific motor recruitment pattern required for a successful golf swing. So how long did that go on for Dave? Um, Thomas, I I, I could count for almost three weeks where I never touched a golf ball. And, um, and you know, that was the one thing when it, Brian, Brian is a, a fabulous instructor. Just and to me, what separates great in golf instructors more, more than anything is their communication styles. Brian could and can explain to you that something the most the most difficult thing but make it put in the simplest terms as to where you understand that and with instruction and we all have different learning patterns or how we take in information and brian can adjust and that's what this made that's what made it beautiful it was he would walk into the bay and and then i would just be stop the quarter swing and he would say where 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 what where's the pressure in in your trail foot your right foot and I would say it's near my helix. I want you to feel that pressure just on the inside part of your arch, you know, as you're starting that starting that backswing, and it just those little feels right there, Thomas is is like I said, that's what set up the foundation. So, um, but but most of all, it's it was trusting the process. I trusted Brian going in, and where he was leading me, and that's what and that's what you almost have to with a student and and and. and being a great student, it's a, it's a two-way road. You have to ask questions and take it back in, and, and it's a partnership there. 
but it was trusting the process where he was taking me. And, um, and you know, each, each week and each instance all the way through, um, it was phenomenal. So then when did the low back pain start to develop? Um, it was almost like a year and a half after uh, we started working together. Um, it was just tightness and I just started feeling tightness uh, in my back. And, and, and given that time of when I was in structure with Brian, I mean, I was working out probably six days a week, two hours a day. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of Olympic movements, a lot of squats, clean and jerks, clean and presses, um, a lot of stuff uh, within um, uh, uh, hammer equipment, you know, jump, uh, what do you call it, jumpers, whatever. It was, um, and so I was doing a lot of, a lot of, the, a lot of those movements and, um, you know, prior, you know, prior to even, even starting with golf, um, I was doing, um, I was working out in a 45 degree leg press and I think what happened in my rear end came off. Uh, came off the uh, the bottom seat, and I felt I felt a, a pop, and uh, my leg went numb, and and I, I thought I, I actually tore my quadricep. Didn't see a hematoma, um, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, the, the pain went away, and then the numbness went away. But I think that was the natural progression. So um, it was about a year and a half in, and um, all of a sudden, I started developing weakness. I started developing pain in the back. Um, pain was running down my leg. Um, and, uh, I worked for a hospital system and I went, saw uh, one of our neurosurgeons and they did an MRI and they said, um, yeah, you've, you, you've got a disc that's in pretty bad shape. So, um, you know, we went through, we went through physical therapy. I went through pain management, um, and it went on and on and on, and it just wasn't getting any better. It was just getting worse. And, um, I remember him calling me and, and, and saying, um, cause I was getting MRIs like almost every, uh, it was like every three to six months. And he said, I got, I got my light, latest MRI back and, and, uh, he said, it wasn't good. And he said, uh, we're going to, uh, have, you're going to have surgery like the next six to eight hours. Can you come over to my hospital? Wow. Uh, and, um, and, it, and, uh, so I had surgery and, and I had some complications afterwards and leading up, I had, uh, I lost, started using, losing the use of my, of my right leg, um, I would be walking down the street and I would just all of a sudden just fall to the ground. Uh, the leg just literally almost became like wet spaghetti. Um, wow. And uh, it just, it was just a little frustrating, but you get up and just keep walking. And it was just, so I just, I lost the capacity in that leg altogether. Um, so after, how, what year did this take you up to? So you had the surgery in 2013, is that right? To, to, it was the end of 2014. Okay. When I had the surgery and, um, and, uh, so, but, but my recovery was a little bit different. Um, I had some, had some uh, issues with the incision point itself on how I recovered that I had to get cleaned up. And, uh, but even six months after the surgery itself, I wasn't, uh, that was pain-free, but I, I, I hadn't uh, regained the, 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 the use of that right leg. Um, so um, I started doing exercises, one-legged stuff, uh, just try to re regain, um, you know, just, you know, some of the strength in that, in that limb. And it was, it's a slow process. I think even today I'm probably 75% there. Um, but, uh, it's getting better. So when did you, or how did you come across me and what made you trust what I was saying? What was it about my message that, made you decide, okay, I'm going to try some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, you, right before I found you, I, I got, um, uh, my neurosurgeon actually rec recommended that, uh, I look into yoga. 
So um, I got into sort of with Hatha and then Gar Yoga, then got to Power Yoga, and then got up to Hot Yoga. And the whole focus truly was to, um, it was a lot of one-legged one, one legged poses. It was building that base strength, the static base strength in the limb, and it, it helped. Uh, but in the process of that, I started to uh, experience um, what I felt was a, a, a just a stabbing or lingering pain in, in my my right, what I thought was my right hip, uh, literally. So it kept getting worse, kept getting worse, kept getting worse. And then I was uh, out uh, playing golf in, in San Diego uh, last September. And I was trying to uh, muscle a seven iron out of some rough and I heard a pop in my back and and I immediately thought I blew another disc. Um, so um, I, I shut it down, went back, went and saw uh, my back surgeon and MRI and negative, did another MRI negative. And then all of a sudden I started having some pain going down the, the side of my right leg. And then eventually it went down to my ankle and it, I just, it wasn't getting any better. Uh, so long story short, um, after a second MRI with a back surgery, he sent me north, uh, to one of our orthopedic surgeons, um, who then later said, well, it's not so much, everybody thinks it's your hip, but actually it's your, it's your glute, your glute minimus, um, your TFL, where you're, you're, you're having an issue. Um, he sent me to physical therapy. We did some dry needling and it wasn't getting any better. And I just happened to have been on YouTube and one of your videos popped up and you started, you were just, you started to, to talk about, um, building capacity, you start talking about elasticity. And, and for so long in, in my mind, you know, I started kind of stepping away from the gym a little bit. It was, it, to me, it was all about strength and power and, and that sort of thing. But kind of what I had learned over like the past, maybe like 16 months, that it's the elasticity in the body that it was what I was truly missing and it, what I really needed to gain. And, um, I was, and, and when I was, it had been playing golf up to that point of, of hurting myself in California, um, I was lacking capacity. Um, I could go out and play 18 and then I would leave, probably leave uh, 13 green go, going on to 14 T and I could start feeling uh, my right hip, as I would call it, starting to almost shut down to where I was just, I would start popping the ball. All of a sudden I was just, I was coming out of my shot um, to where you know, it was great. Hey, I'm, I'm two over and, and I'm going through and then all of a sudden I'm leaving and I'm going triple, triple, triple. Right. So, uh, I just started watching some of your videos and kind of going through and look at some of your exercises and, and your message was, was exactly, you know, what I not only was missing, but I think that really was kind of missing within golf fitness itself. Yeah. So, and that concept of capacity, I think, is is really important so when i talk about capacity every tissue in your body has a capacity and what i mean by that is how much that tissue can endure over a given amount of time whether it's a round of golf a workout uh, a tournament how much that tissue can endure before it becomes injured so everything you do is either putting capacity into your tissues or taking it out it's, it's a commodity it's like money and the purpose of the workouts, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, whatever you're doing in the gym should be focused on increasing your capacity so that you have more capacity to go play golf, play with your kids, whatever the case is. But a lot of the programs out there are actually using up your capacity. So that's the big difference 
between train fully and what, what we do. And a lot of the other stuff is we're focused mostly on trying to increase the capacity of the athlete so they can play and practice more often. Now, did you find where there's specific techniques that you found to be particularly helpful? Yes. So, you know, we all think of, you know, your hamstrings are tight or if there's, if there's tightness, you know, within an adductor or abductor or your calf itself is I'm going to go stretch. I want to go stretch it out. And that's, that was a funny thing is that the more I stretched in yoga, the worse I felt. So um, I remember one of your videos, you, you had a, uh, a release ball and you were just laying on it. And I, I didn't have one. I had a baseball and, and I remember just literally sitting on it and, and putting that baseball in my back pocket. And all of a sudden it was immediate relief. And it was different than trying to use a, a percussion gun or a tens unit or anything else, or even a form roller that I've been using. It was all of a sudden, it was immediate, immediate relief. And all of a sudden, you know, the clouds opened up, the angels wept. And, <laughs> uh, but no, it, it was it because then it was because what happened was I, I, I grabbed that baseball and threw it into my bag. And I remember just, because what, because what, what happened when, when the season started this year, I just started playing nine holes. That was it. Because I had built a new, all of a sudden, kind of your mantra. I just started building that capacity up to get to get up to 18. Because I, I walk, I use a push cart, I, I walk. And um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, if I'd start feeling some tightness or whatever, you know, up on the tee, I would whip the baseball out and I would sit on a little bit and I'd kind of get that release. And, and, and all the, there was value there so um and you know that's when i reached out to brian and, and i said hey there's this guy up in canada that really i think maybe you should check out because there, there's something here and we, we and again brian and i have these conversations all the time you know with, with text messages hey i think you watch this video this is something interesting yeah those those adhesions like when you take that ball and you put it into your back pocket that muscle that you're targeting is your piriformis and specifically you're targeting adhesions inside the piriformis. So if you have dysfunction around the joint or in a muscle, the body recognizes that dysfunction as an injury and starts an injury cycle. And part of that injury cycle is the development of these adhesions. And they just kind of becomes a vicious cycle. So now you have adhesions in the muscle, which makes the dysfunction worse and around and around you go. But if you take a ball, and you find these adhesions, which are commonly referred to as trigger points, you initiate uh, a neuromuscular reflex called autogenic inhibition, which encourages those adhesions to break up and helps restore normal function of, of the muscle. And with a proper plan, you can then restore normal function of the joint itself. And so that's kind of what you and I, you and I had never met face to face before over zoom we have spoken on instagram a couple times um but we met for the first time over zoom a few days ago and i did an assessment on you because you still have some remaining issues on that right side can you describe what it is that you still experience on that side um it's it's it, some it's it's still i'm still working up to capacity like i said earlier uh, the, the right leg is is about 85% in terms of fully functioning. Um, and, you know, where I'm at with, 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 with developing my game, I'm really working hard on using the ground more in my swing. 
And because I, because, you know, leading up to, you know, before I had my microdisectomy, I wasn't able to do that. And so that's been my primary focus, but it's trying to get, it's almost, there's times where, you know, I'm going out and I'm going up on 16T and I'm starting to lose some of that capacity a little bit and some of that tightness. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that all too often this type of situation, like if you're, if you have pain in your hip or somewhere in your body, it's almost this mysterious thing. And, it, and it's hard to know how to get yourself out of that situation. People try different things like Dave, you tried yoga, but you can't stretch yourself out of dysfunction. And I'll explain why here in a moment. So you and I did an actual assessment on, I don't know, three or four days ago. I'm going to go through the assessment, what I found, and I'll describe what's going on around your hip. And then I want you to jump in and Brian, you jump in too with questions, because I'm sure the questions that you have are the same questions that the listeners are going to have. Okay. So what we did was an overhead squat assessment. So this is where I had you raise your arms up above your head and you had to keep them there while performing a squat. So this assessment combines end range shoulder flexion with a sit stand transitional movement. And it's designed to highlight your imbalances or your compensations. Okay. So I had you perform that movement, close your eyes, do it, watched you do that from the front, from the back and from the side. And what I noticed primarily was the biggest compensation you had was from the front on your right side, your right knee moved out a little bit mm -hmm. as you performed the movement. You remember that? Same, same thing. Same thing with my golf swing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so in biomechanics, the knee moving out, <clears throat> that's hip external rotation and ankle eversion. We'll leave the ankle out of it for now. We'll just focus on the hip, make it a little more simple. <clears throat> if we layer functional anatomy on top of that hip external rotation, I know that the piriformis, the biceps femoris, and the posterior fibers of the adductor magnus all on your right side are overactive because those muscles externally rotate your hip. So if you if your hip externally rotates when you perform that movement, that means those muscles are overactive, okay? So now we're starting to get a little bit of a picture of what's going on inside that hip. Now, the thing is about those three muscles is they are the synergists to the glutes, okay? So which means that their main role is to help the glutes perform hip extension and eccentrically decelerate hip internal rotation. Okay, so far so good? Yep. Okay, so if the muscles who or if the muscles that help the glutes have become overactive, meaning they've taken on more work, what does that tell us about the glutes? It means they're underactive. If the muscles that are supposed to help have become overactive, that means they have to do more work because the glutes have become underactive. And we tested that. I had you balance on your right leg. And perform a little knee bend, and, and what happened? Uh, almost fell over. Yeah, almost fell over. You don't have any frontal plane stability, which is a sign that you have underactive glutes. So now we're starting to get a really good picture. We have underactive glutes, we have inhibited glutes, and we have overactive synergists. So now we know that you have synergistic dominance in your right hip, which means your glutes have been have become inhibited for whatever reason. Doesn't matter right now but your hip, your hip, glutes have become underactive 
And as a result, you've lost force production for hip extension, which is our primary mode for propulsion. So it's how we walk around. It's how we go upstairs, downstairs, stand up, sit down. And when we lose force production for hip extension, the nervous system has to create altered recruitment, has to get the synergist to pick up the slack. So this is called synergistic dominance. Essentially, it allows you to get through normal daily activities, but in doing so, increases wear and tear on your joints and connective tissue. Okay, so far, so good? So far, so good. We have dysfunction in the muscles. We have dysfunction in the nervous system. And then I had you lay on your stomach and we tested your hip internal rotation. So we tested your hip internal rotation two different ways. From your stomach, you had good range of motion. Then I had you lay on your back, put your hip into 90 degrees of flexion, and you had decreased hip internal rotation from that position. So that tells me that you have altered arthrokinematics in your hip, which means your skeletal system has dysfunction. So the ball and socket don't line up correctly. Okay. They grind past each other, which means you can't move it. So you have dysfunction in the muscles, you have dysfunction in the nervous system, and you have dysfunction in the joint. And all that dysfunction is resulting in altered recruitment, forcing you to compensate, and that compensating is decreasing your capacity. Okay. Okay. So then what do we do to fix that? I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So if we have short and overactive muscles, we need to return those muscles back to normal length and tension. So we're going to inhibit and lengthen the short and overactive muscles. Okay. You have inhibited glutes. Your glutes are long and underactive. So we need to activate your glutes. Okay. You need to restore normal arthrokinematics of your hip joint. So we're going to use gentle mobilization to help center the joint, make it more congruent so it moves better. And then we're going to use what are called integration exercises to improve your neuromuscular control on that side to get the nervous system to recruit the muscles correctly. So almost every time we have some sort of pain or we have decreased capacity, the reason for that is because of dysfunction that is causing or forcing the person, the player to, to uh, compensate. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. From the golf standpoint, the thing I want to warn anybody who listens to this, if you're feeling that you have lower body issues or that there are problems going on with the hips, and I'm sure you've seen this, David, I know I have too, um, coming from lower back, but you have to be careful of your upper body taking over at that point and the compensation comes in there because you're actually going to create more damage with your lower body and your back by turning your shoulders or trying to put everything into your upper body. And that's where like a lot of things you and I have always talked about that lower body is key to balance. It's key to just the swing initiating to begin with. And, And that's one thing I let everybody know whenever they're listening to how David's assessment went and everything, keep in mind, if you're feeling that pressure yourself or you felt these things, don't run out there and start just wailing with your upper body because you will actually make these worse. Yep. And that's actually, that's, that's what happened. I started, um, it was probably August of last year. The, that glute was not firing. So um, I would be re- ready to go. You know, I was a top, ready to go to the swing. 
glutes not firing. So I was coming out of my shot because, you know, I wasn't getting the turn in my hip, you know, just go through the swing. So to compensate, what I was doing was I was, it was adding more lateral side bend, you know, yep. Yep. you know, through the swing. And, um, you know, it's similar to you as you watch Justin Thomas, you know, it's that lateral side bend and then getting almost like underneath the ball, especially with the driver, you know, and, and that's how I was, that's how I was, you know, faking it till I was able to make it. And yeah, the, problem, the problem is I was all oh, the problem was it was it was causing a, a increased pressure in my lower back. So it was it was creating a whole other issue. Yeah, because you took the posture whenever you did that, you took the spine alignment whenever right. you did that, and you just curved it. So mm-hmm. you put all of that all of that impact that yeah. happens at that ball now just shoved straight into the lower back instead yeah. of actually going through the whole back. It was similar to like when I play baseball. Essentially, you were just you were just you're trying to uh, uppercut and, and just try to lift the pitch out, and that's yep. exactly what I was trying to do with the golf ball. Um, but the, the problem is, it was creating that like almost that reverse reverse C at the end. Yeah, and it was just it was it was causing just secondary trauma. Yeah, and now you see why he was fun to work with though, because he already <laughs> knew that before going into it. <laughs> yeah, and probably, he... when, probably when you screw up enough in life, you you know. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Brian, you actually have a funny story about David's first 18 holes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, we're playing at the Pete Dye Golf Course in Fresh Lake, Indiana. And for anybody who does not know what this golf course is, you need to go look it up. Uh, It is in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, but it is a true Pete Dye Golf Course. It is not one of those golf courses you go play your first 18. Um, so we're like third hole in. David looks at me and he goes, "Man, this is gonna be fun. This is my first 18." And I'm looking at him, going, "Are you kidding me?" And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "This is not the course you do this on. This is, <laughs> it is because this is the type of course." And David, you could talk about it, obviously. Uh, but this is the type of course you hit. The the fairways are as wide as a two lane highway, and if you hit left as a right hander, the ball is like eye level the whole time. So you have to hit the fairway to be good on this golf course. So I, I'd love to hear what you say about this experience, but you told me that. And as your instructor, I said, they're going, Oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be a trip then. Oh my God. It was, yeah. You, t- t- <laughs> talking, it was almost like going up to major league pitching, but um, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the course itself from the volcano bunkers to, to, to the rough, to uh, you know, just the slopes and undulations. It was, it was it was literally baptism by fire, and yes. um, you know, fortunately, the second eighteen we played, we played in a scramble, and I was slightly relieved after that. But you know, I hit I hit a couple decent shots that day, but um, but what makes this great game great, uh, Thomas, is it's the people that you you spend those four to eight hours with, you know, because everybody has a story, and you get to know folks, and and it's that that. You know the, the conversation, the camaraderie. Um, that's what make that's what makes it such such a you know a, a great walk. I would say that that eighteen was actually just an absolute blast, though. It, well, you didn't get mad the whole time. Like it was your first eighteen, but me and you had an absolute blast the whole time. I mean, I still talk about that trip because it was so no, it, much fun. And, and that, that's the whole that's the whole point where you know I guess I, I, I've learned through you know starting golf instruction. You know it was you know going in, you know 
walking into a bay and, and having to literally learn the golf swing and, and just the the day to day frustration of this just should be so simple. I should be able to get this to, you know, you know, my body starting breaking down and having to have surgery that all of a sudden, you know, it's the recovery and, and I put all this time into golf and am I ever, ever going to swing a club again to, can I get my right leg functioning? Am I able, you know, I'm, at, that, at that point I was probably, you know, 41 years old and it's like, you know, this can't be the end of any type of athletic endeavor to, you know, going out and, and, and picking up the game again, and then, you know, playing difficult golf courses. And it's, 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 it's it all starts with your attitude. And, but the, the point the point of all of it is, this is all about having fun. And, and if you're not ha- you're having fun, and then you need to kind of, you know, maybe take your ego out a little, a little bit and, um, and just realize kind of what's in front of you. So, um, but yeah. it all starts with your attitude. Well, and that's, that's kind of like what I think separates train fully from a lot of the other stuff out there is when we're looking at whether it's uh, pain and injury or trying to take an athlete, a golfer to the next level, what we're doing is we're helping the body perform better. And just like with your right hip, Dave, the focus is on proving the performance of that hip. So you don't have so much wear and tear. So you have more capacity. You don't have pain. Now that's the same approach. Even if you didn't have any pain on that side and you had that compensation, that's how we would get more club head speed out of you, how we would improve your striking and all that. So that really is the future of golf fitness. And I tell you what, what's phenomenal about your, your program. And, and, and as I said earlier, you know, I was a gym rat. I would go in, you know, six, seven days a week, two hours a day. And when, when I found your program and I played the first video, it's like, it's 20 minutes and this is all I'm doing. And it's like, there's nothing tomorrow. And it was like three days a week, 20 minutes at a time. And it was like, you know, we, we have this, we have this mindset of sometimes more is better. We take more vitamins, we work out more, we do all this more stuff. And, and it was, it was like working with Brian. I said to myself, trust the process. There's a reason why we're doing this. We're doing the building blocks whatsoever. And you know, when I, when I re-injured my hip, you know, early last fall and through the winter, my, my handicap jumped up to almost 11. And just doing your program just for this year, I'm down, down back to a sixth. I put some scores in to the USG website and probably with the latest redivision that's going to come out, I'll be dropped down to a five. So that's it, awesome. It, it, no, it just, it, it proof that this works. You just have to trust the process, do the exercises, um, do the warmups and the cool downs, you know, pre and post round. And the results are there. We've you, just talked, you just have to put the work in. We've talked a lot about capacity today. And that's really what the, like the big part of all this is, is increasing your capacity to play and practice more often. Cause that's really how you get better is you have exactly. to practice and play. And um, too many people, I mean, if, if, you enjoy going to the gym and you enjoy using up your capacity in the gym and that's your event, then that's great. But if you're looking to become better at golf, then you need to save that capacity for golf and you need to use your time in the gym or at home or wherever you do your routines to increase your capacity so that you can play and practice more. Yeah. And, and, and one other thing I have not had, uh, you know, outside of when I, when I would, would, would talk to Brian earlier about how I altered my swing and I was actually trying to undercut, undercut my drive, you know, to get it out there. Um, ever since January, I have not had a, a single lick of, of, of back pain, lower or uh, lumbar. 
and you know it's I'm, my my you know is as I'm as I'm turning into the ball and I'm a sort of post golfer I'm turning I'm turning into the shot and then I'm, I'm executing the shot I'm, I'm I'm actually starting to feel that elasticity in the spine it's it's amazing that's awesome um, going through yeah I can feel rotation better it's I don't feel that stiffness that that, that I had so um, the proof's there in the program it's just trust the process and the results are there. Anything you want to add there, Brian? I, I just know that David is uh, one of those guys, like he said, he was a gym rat and everything. And then I, I think people have picked up, but David knows this too. I was, I was a range rat. Um, and the, the thing you could take away from the program is you don't have to be the, the, the range rat. You don't have to be the gym rat and see success from this, from a standpoint of being able to actually function better. Um, I am the last person to ever walk into a gym and yet, this program just saved me from being able not just to walk again, but I'm back to playing golf at a pretty, at, at a level I'm happy with. And, and to say that is, I, I mean, it was like David said, you know, 20 minutes every, every other day um, at your house, you don't have to go to the gym. I thought it was great. Uh, and, and that that's the big part that, you know, as we've gotten to know each other, it's been awesome. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, Brian probably doesn't brag on himself, but, Right. Last time Brian and I played golf, it was at my club. We've uh, number five. It's it's um, it's a Packer design. If you're familiar with Copperhead Course uh, down in Ashbrook, down in Florida, it's a double dog leg. It's uh, 590 yards. Um, Brian crushes his drive, and then I think you maybe hit, you hit a four or five iron up on two, and I was like. Wow. This is, yeah, this is, when, 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 Brian, when Brian wants to sit on a shot and just crush it, he can do it. Thomas, it was, it was, it was I mean, par, par is great on this hole. It really is because there's coffin bunkers all the way around. And, oh, yeah, so I'm just going to go driver and then I'm just going to go iron. And, okay, yeah, so what's next? Yeah, I know. He sent me some, some video of him using his driver and it's just, he crushes it. Oh, it, 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 amazing. It just, I tell you what, it's it's been fun because, you know, you know, when, when Brian and I worked together, you know, I would just sit and hang out, and he would go, he would go into a bay and start working and stuff. And where his swing was, where his swing is now, you know, and what with the work, Brian, that you've put into, you know, post post surgery, and with, especially just even with the last six months, it's beautiful. And you know, hats off to you. You're, you're really putting a lot of work in, starting to see the results. I appreciate it. It's uh the driver's been the most uh, uh annoying one of the year, but it's better as the year went on because I wasn't getting the depth. I, I just it is that trusting of the rotation, even in my own golf swing. That's why I can I I could talk about it better now than I ever could because I got the feeling of oh my hands are really high. Uh I went, you know, you played with me, David, quite a bit, and I always had a deep backswing. Oh yeah. And, and so this year it was a lot higher. And you saw some of the videos too. And it was like, all right, Brian, you got to get the depth back. Uh, and it just took time. So funny, Thomas, I, I got, I have another story when you were talking about depth. So, and one of another one of Brian's mind numbing drills that I'm, I'm sorry, it worked. So I would, I would, we would get in the bay and I would get in the dress position. I would go and I could either have a club in my hand or I would just put my hands across my chest and he would put a, uh, a stand bag or, or a golf bag behind me and the whole point of the drill rep after rep 
was just it was getting hip depth. So it was getting that you know, it, you know, starting the, just through the backswing. It was getting that getting that trail hip and hitting that bag, and then starting over again. Yeah, over and over. Back to dress. Hip, <laughs> back again, and it was just like. It was like it was. You started having sort of flashbacks of Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax on. But that's what it was. But the, you know, as crazy as it sounds, every every drill, everything we went through, build those founding those 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 building blocks, those foundations that I still have today. And um, you know, in every dumb, crazy question that I had with Brian, he always answered. And just with with you know with you know. The depth there was just just phenomenal, but because Brian's approach was, you're invested in this as much as I am, and I want you to know as much as I do, because when you're out on the course and all of a sudden you've got a shot going left, you've got to figure out why is that shot going left, you know, and um, you know, so I so where I'm at with my game, I owe owe everything to him. Ryan, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Oh, it's uh, Instagram is at Brian A. Montgomery. Uh, and then my name, Brian, is with a Y um, so that everybody knows that because it's misspelled all the time. Um, or you can even email me at Brian A. Montgomery at yahoo.com. Those are the two easiest ways to kind of reach out to me. Awesome. All right, guys. So thank you, David. Thank you, Brian, as always. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to take your game to the next level, reach out to Brian. Also, head over to trainfully.com. Pick up the Train Fully Golf Fitness Program. If you enter promo code GOLF10 at checkout, you'll get a 10% discount. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, David. Thanks, David.